God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We give all praise to God. How many of you say and know that God is worthy of our praise and worthy of our worship? He's been so merciful and kind to all of us, and we give him praise and glory. It's all right to get noisy for the Lord. We'll get noisy everywhere else. There's nothing more important than this. So we lift up our voices in praise to the Lord. Lady May and I started this week off in Baltimore, Maryland, where we attended the Women's Convention of the Churches of God in Christ. More than 10,000 women each night gathered to worship the Lord and praise his name. Lady May gave three addresses to the ladies over the week. Let's praise God for our wonderful First Lady. <clears throat> I was blessed to share on Friday night the word of the Lord to that gigantic, tremendous congregation. Then on Friday night, we packed and early in the morning, we made our way to Detroit where we celebrated the life of my sister-in-law, Joyce Lawrence, who passed away, married to Sister May's brother, Brother Welton Lawrence. And after being in the service and preaching there in Detroit on yesterday, we rushed again to the airport and finally got out of Detroit two hours late and made it into Los Angeles about two o'clock this morning. And even with my magnificent physique, <laughs> I feel a little weary and worn on this day. And so we pray that the Lord will bless us as we share God's word. Let's clap our hands for Brother Courtney Vance. What a dear faithful member he is and how diligent he is in the work of the Lord and how kind he is to occasionally be available to us for special times of worship. And on Father's Day, is that one week from this coming Sunday? Is Father's Day one week from Sunday, this coming Sunday? Two weeks from today? Yes, the second Sunday from today is Father's Day, but you look at some lady and tell her the second Sunday from today <laughs> is Father's Day. Yes, we have Mother's Day, but oh, Father's Day is the day. <laughs> and we'll be celebrating Father's on the second Sunday from today, the third Sunday in the month of June. Brother Courtney Vance, renowned actor and renowned entertainer, is going to be here at West Angeles preaching the word of God. He's going to share the message on the third Sunday in the month of June. And we're excited about it. He spoke to us several months ago, and what a blessing it was to have heard the word of God as he shared it on that day, and so we look forward again to hearing the word of God from Brother Courtney Vance. Let's give him another rousing applause. 
pray for Lady May. She could hardly say good morning to me this morning. She may think I'm still in the house because we pray that we'll have a week of recuperation, recovery, and rest. Stand for the word of God. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, and verse 46. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water wine. There was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him, come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death, and Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. But the nobleman said, Sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. The power of faith. Would you say those words after me, please? The power of faith. Please be seated. Jesus was very famous by this time. The miracle that he performed in Cana of Galilee, turning water to wine. The miracles that he had performed in Judea have been talked about all over Palestine. By the time of our text, Jesus is very well known and sought after because of his power to work miracles. There was a nobleman in Capernaum whose world had crashed into the depths of despair. This nobleman was a member of the royal family. He was probably a close relative of the king, Herod Antipas. He was called a nobleman, translated Regulus, little king in Latin, Basilicus, a lesser king in Greek. He was probably a high official with great influence in the court of Herod the king. But all of his power, all of his wealth could not insulate him from the piercing tragedy that had intruded into his life. His son was sick and in the process of dying. 
It seems that he had only one son because he did not say one of my sons is sick. He said, my son is sick. You know how a parent can love a son or a daughter? From the moment of their birth, even before their birth, they carve out a place in the hearts of their parents that only they can fill. And that culture in that day magnified the importance of a son. It was a son who perpetuated the family bloodline and the family name. It was a son who succeeded as head of the family and heir to the wealth of the family. It was a son who conducted the affairs of the family and who cared for the parents in their old age. And in royal families, it was very important to have a son. Sons usually inherited whatever office their fathers had occupied. And thus perpetuate the well-being of the family. This man's son was dying. I'm sure that the boy had the best of care and diet. I'm sure that every provision had been made for the child's protection. The best doctors had used the best of their skills to bring about his recovery, but all to no avail. It was about the time that the nobleman realized that at the crisis in the life of his son, Jesus had returned to Cana. And so this nobleman rushed from Capernaum to Cana to get help from Jesus. The city of Capernaum was about a day's journey by foot from Cana. And I imagine that this represented a major departure from the normal way of this nobleman's doing things, being a nobleman, and as an officer of the king, he usually sent for folk, and folk came at his command. But this was such a matter of urgency and importance that this time the nobleman made that one-day journey by foot to Jesus Christ. He traveled to a different city, changed his schedule, spent time doing something that he would not normally do in his professional life. His life was turned upside down and his normal routine was disrupted. If you had told him a month before that he would leave his business and travel to another city looking for Jesus, he probably would have said, you're, you're out of your mind. That's not the way I operated. Have you ever had an experience it changed the whole nature of your life. You got up in the morning feeling good, and before the day was over, you were in the depths of agony, worry, and care. You had to reexamine your priorities and reevaluate the way you spent your time and the way you spent your energy. As something or someone whom you really love, invested in, and depended on, let you down. How many of you know people can let you down? Have you ever really pursued an objective and a goal, and once you attained it, you found that it was not worth the trouble that you went through when you got to that mountaintop of ambition and pursuit? It was empty and without fulfillment and joy. Has there ever been something or somebody in your life 
that you did not prioritize a value until you lost them or were about to lose them. Priorities ought to be built on the right questions, the right goals, and at the right objectives. At the end of my life, what would I wish I had given my attention to? What pursuits, what endeavors genuinely promise the most lasting and fulfilling benefits? What role should God play in my life? Have I ever listed and prioritized from the most important to the least important the various things, pursuits, and people that I should value? Have I adequately examined those things that I consider to be basic and essential? Are they really basic? Are they really essential? What course and pursuit shall I take that will result in the least regret, hassle, and confusion? Do my pursuits conform to my beliefs about God and God's word? What will my pursuit bring to me and those who are around me? Will it bring peace? Or will it bring fulfillment? I think you say that these are important matters to be considered. What must I pursue? Trouble can sometimes make you sort out what your priorities should really be. Look towards your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Trouble can make you sort out what your priorities should be. Of course, it's best to sort them out before you have the trouble and before you have the distress. But some people won't do this until there is trouble. The nobleman was impacted emotionally, mentally, and physically. He begged Jesus to come to Capernaum and heal his son. And Jesus responded, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. You don't call me till you want me to do something for you. But I must move on to say that Jesus spoke these words to the nobleman because Jesus wanted to clarify whether he was just one of the options or whether he was the only option. Look at your name and say, is Jesus one of your options or your only option? Some people try God, but if there's a delay or a problem, they quickly move on to the next option. But how many of you are saying Jesus is my only option? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. God responds to persistence. He deals in the realm of intense emotion and intense desire because these things indicate real faith and sincere commitment. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Is anybody hungry today? Is anybody thirsty? The psalmist said, as the heart panteth for the water brook, so panteth my soul for thee. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Whether you realize it or not, 
There's a thirst within you for the spirit and the presence of Almighty God. And you'll never be satisfied until you have God and Jesus Christ in your life. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so pants my soul for thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. If you're thirsty for God, let's give him praise and thanks. The nobleman could have given up. The nobleman could have walked away. He could have been insulted that Jesus spoke to him the way he did. But his love and his concern for his son and his faith in Jesus Christ compelled him to persist. He faced an urgent crisis and he needed immediate assistance. When you're really serious about your faith and serious about your God, you don't mind if people look at you and wonder what's wrong with you and why are you so intense. If you're really seeking for God and confronted by the cares of life, you'll keep on praising him and worshiping him until you receive from the Lord the thing that you really need. Anybody in here need God today? If you hunger and thirst, you shall be filled. Look at your neighbor and say, I shall be filled. Somebody in the house today faces an urgent crisis. I want you not to hesitate. Don't you hesitate to call on the Lord for assistance. For Psalm 145 and 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call upon him and to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also bring their, he will also hear their cry and save them. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. Not only did this nobleman desire assistance, he had in his mind the very kind of assistance that he needed. Some of you not only want God to work in your life, but you've got precisely the way God has to go about working in your life. But what you really need to say is, any way you bless me, Lord. Any way you do what I need done. I'll be satisfied. How many of you are saying that to the Lord today? Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. This nobleman felt that Jesus had to be at the point of need, that he had to come and stand by the bedside of his child to work the miracle. And in John 4, 49, he said, Sir, Come down before my child dies. I want you to come, stand by that bed, and heal my child. This nobleman did not know that Jesus did not have to be at the point of need to work the miracle. Come on, tell your neighbor, Jesus does not have to be at the point of need to work the miracle. Wherever your problem is, your child, your friend, the one whom you love and whom you would make great priority for does not have to be right with you for God to work the miracle that you need God to work. Brother Larry was way down in 
Atlanta, Georgia, when a gunman shot him point blank in the chest. I was out in California when I heard about it, crying and concerned about my child. I, I, I did not have to go there. I had not have to get there. I just called on God. God, save my child. Preserve my child's life. Work in the life of my child. And six days later, Brother Larry came walking out of the hospital after being shot point blank, 45 slugs through the chest. How many of you know God is able? Whatever you need, God can bring it to pass. When your faith is limited, the word of God will give you more faith. And Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This nobleman heard Jesus speak the word. It was not exactly the word that the man wanted to hear or even what he expected to hear, but it was what he needed to hear. Jesus said to him, I don't have to be there to make it happen. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, Jesus does not have to be there to make it happen. Jesus said, I can deliver the child from here. God can do anything. Hallelujah. Then he looked the nobleman in the, high air, in the eye and said, go home. Your child is all right. Go home. I can fix it from here. I can do it by remote control. Go your way. Your son is alive. Somebody here needs to know that distance doesn't mean a thing to God. No place on earth is beyond the reach of God. Whether your child is away at school, in the service, or in jail, or just in another city, he's not beyond God's power to help and to deliver him. God says, I feel both heaven and the earth. Can anyone hide himself in secret places that I won't see him? Psalm 107 verse 19 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Somebody ought to be getting glad in here. Somebody ought to be rejoicing in here. Anybody have somewhere you need to send the word of God? Hallelujah. Lord, send your word. Come on, tell him again. Lord, send your word. Send your word to where my child is. Send your word where that trouble is. Send your word to that jail. Send your word to that hospital. The Lord can send his word. Tell your neighbor, the Lord can send his word. Mm. And so if you don't have nothing but the word of God, oh, you need to tell your neighbor this. Say, neighbor, if you have nothing but the word of God, stand on that word. Trust in that word, and God will bring it to pass. God go fulfill a word for somebody in here today. Sickness, trouble, distress, doesn't mean a thing to God. Being flat out with no money, no resources, God can work it out. Tell three people God can work it out. God can work it out. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them out 
of their destructions. Listen, if you don't have anything but the word of God, stand on the word. When Jesus and some of the disciples, they were on a boat at sea. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, lunch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. Luke 5 and 4. Simon answered him and said, Lord, we've toiled all night and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish so that their net was breaking and their ships began to sink. Listen, God has a net breaking, boat, be- boat sinking blessing in store for you. I, I said he has a net breaking, boat sinking blessing in store for you if you can trust him and if you can rely upon him. Is there anybody here who knows the Lord answers prayer? Go your way. Your son lives. The nobleman decided, I'm just going to obey God. Jesus said it. I'm going to believe it. Verse 50 says, so the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went his way. Faith. Somebody ought to say faith. Faith gave the man the power to move to another level of life. I just came back to tell you that faith will give you the power to move to another level of life. Faith changed the direction of the man's life. And faith can change the direction of your life. The man believed and acted, and all he had was a promise. Come on, tell your neighbor, the man believed and acted. And all he had was a promise. If that's all you have, believe God and go your way. It's amazing how life operates on promises. Somebody promises us they'll pay it back and we'll make the loan. Somebody gives us news and we'll believe it and make an investment based on what we hear. Somebody will say they love us and we'll accept their word and step out by faith on what they had said. If all of life operates on promises, why can't we believe the promises of God? There have been so many broken promises. Sometimes the person making the promise never intended to keep the promise. But some people are prone to believe the promises of men. But listen, let's believe the promises of God. Tell your neighbor, let's believe the promises of the Lord. Come on and praise him. The Bible says in Hebrews 10 and 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And in Romans 4 and 21, the Bible says, And being fully convinced that what he has promised, he was also able to perform. Has anybody in here found out that God will keep 
his promise. You know by experience. You're not just talking about what somebody told you. Not talking about what somebody said. But you know that if the Lord promised it, it shall come to pass. Come on, tell your neighbor, if God promised it, it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. All this nobleman had was a promise, but he held on to the promise. Tell your neighbor, hold on to your promise. He may not come when you want it, but he'll be right on time. Keep on believing. Keep on holding on. It's going to be all right. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's going to be all right. Fear and trouble had locked this man in a prison, but faith set him free. Faith gave him the power to go his way in the name of Jesus. Don't let fear put you in a box. Break out of that box. Don't let your life come to a standstill. You are not on freeze. God will hear your prayer. Tell two people God will hear your prayer. No longer did Jesus have to go down to the place where the child was. The man began to rejoice that if Jesus said it, it's going to be all right. If Jesus said it, it shall come to pass. Witness to your neighbor, neighbor. If Jesus said it, it's going to happen. If Jesus said it, go your way. Praising him, rejoicing in him, thanking him. When you've got real faith, you don't have to wait until the battle is over. You can praise God right now. Praise him. Praise him. It is done. Tell two people it's done in the name of Jesus. Give him praise in advance. Give him praise in advance. Clap your hands. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. It was a long time before I got to my child. It was a long time before I stood by his bedside. But before I got there, the Lord had already been there. Everything turned out all right. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, before you get there, God has already been there. Give God praise. For the miracle, hallelujah. Faith gives you the power. I said faith gives you the power to go your way. Oh yes, it does. God said to Paul, Paul, you're going to testify of me in the city of Rome. I know you're a prisoner now. I know there's trouble in your life. They want to kill you where you are in the city of Jerusalem. But Paul, you're going to testify 
of me in the city of Rome. Hallelujah. Because when God says you're going to do something, you cannot die until it gets done. God said to Paul, you're going to testify in Rome. On the way to Rome, there was a shipwreck. The boat that Paul had been riding in was totally destroyed. It broke to pieces. On the way they got to shore was on broken pieces of the ship and by swimming to the shore. But after they got to shore, they were wet and cold. And Paul decided to help them to build a fire. As they were building the fire, there was a poisonous snake in the bundle of sticks that Paul had gathered together. That snake bit Paul. Hallelujah. It was a poisonous snake. Everybody thought Paul was going to die. They looked to see Paul swell up. They looked to see Paul fall out. But Paul just went on about his business, picking up sticks. He shook the snake off into the fire and went on about his business. Hallelujah. After a while, they noticed that Paul did not swell. Paul did not become sick. Paul did not panic. Paul did not worry about it. He just kept on doing what he was doing. Come on, tell your neighbor, keep on praising the Lord. Keep on blessing the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Paul, what's wrong with you? Why are you just carrying on? like nothing has happened. Don't you know you've been bitten by a poisonous snake? Don't you know folk who have that experience die? Don't you know you may never make it? Paul says, I'm not worried about it, fellas. He that hath begun a good work in me shall perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus. It's gonna be all right because God told me I was going to preach in Rome, and this is not Rome. I can't die till I get to Rome. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you can't die until the promise of God is fulfilled in your life. Praise him. It's going to be all right. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Yes, the devil has told some of you, you're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. God will not fulfill his word. But how many of you know that's a lie? Whatever the Lord says, the Lord will do. Look at your name and say, neighbor, in the name of Jesus, the word of God shall be fulfilled in your life. All I want you to do is just believe it and praise him. Hallelujah.
after his resurrection and many died holding to the promise that I saw the risen Lord Jesus is alive and if God can raise Jesus from the dead there's nothing that God cannot do come on tell your neighbor if God can raise Jesus there is nothing cannot do. Do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you have any mountains that you can't tunnel through? God specializes in what may be impossible, but he will do what no other power is able to do. Lord, we thank you for your word Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, dear Lord, that you send out your love to every person in this room who does not know you. You gave your son that they might live. And now, dear Lord, there is nothing that will hinder your forgiveness and your mercy in their lives. And there is nothing that you will not do for them that you cannot do for them. In the name of Jesus, you sent your word and you healed them. Somebody in here is going to be able to go their way today. They've been stuck on this dilemma. They've been held up and unable to move forward. But now, dear Lord, they're going to go their way. Everybody turn right. Turn right. Everybody make one step. And make another step. And one more step. And I look towards your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I just walked out of my impossibility into the miracle working power of my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. A flat, please. He is able. He is able. He is able. He won't fail. He is able. He is able. And he won't fail. Show and grab your neighbor by the hand and sing, He is able. to do for you. You need a miracle. Symbolically, I'd like for you to do something. I'd like for you to walk from where you are to the altar and then just walk back to your seat indicating that you believe God's word and you're going to walk into your miracle. He is able. 